0: Welcome to Code Whack, your podcast on America's broken healthcare system and how Medicare for All could help. I'm your host, Brenda Gazar. How has the coronavirus pandemic affected the fight for universal health care in America? What would it take for Medicare for All to become a nationwide reality today? To find out, we spoke to Dr. Abdul El-Sayed, physician, politician, and and co author of the new book, Medicare for All, A Citizen's Guide. Welcome to Code Whack, Dr. El Sayed.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here with you.
0: How did the COVID pandemic affect your perspective on Medicare for All and how you framed this book?
1: Well, it makes the fight that much more urgent. You know, for two reasons. Number one, I think people are are now a lot more wise to the games that the insurance industry and the healthcare industry play, and also I think we've come to appreciate exactly how catastrophic the failures can be for people. And so, you know, watching my friends, people I I graduated medical school with, struggle to make it all work for their patients, for their loved ones, for their friends, without any real confidence that the healthcare system would be there for them in the ways that they need it. That, that is an indictment, right? And I, I think it just it dials up the urgency. And the second point is, you know, polit- in politics, momentum is everything. And I think we have this moment where because people are newly wise to the failures of our system... There's going to be a lot more push. And look, I know that President Biden doesn't support Medicare for All. I was one of eight on the task force appointed by Senator Sanders that helped to write President Biden's ultimate platform. We were pushing as hard as we could to get them to embrace Medicare for All. I carried the Medicare for All amendment to the Democratic Party platform at the party's platform meeting. And obviously that was voted down, but I know that President Biden doesn't support this. But I also know that what we choose to do right now Builds the potential future where Medicare for all becomes possible, even if it may not happen in the next three to, to seven years. And so I just think that we have a real responsibility to step up now to articulate the truth for what it is before the insurance industry and healthcare industry spend billions of dollars to erase the narrative and reshape it in their own uh, in their own interest so that they can continue to make the billions of dollars that they've made through the course of the pandemic that watch 15 million people lose their health insurance uh, and doctors and nurses struggle to be able to provide care.
0: Mm, right. So speaking of Biden, a new federal Medicare for all bill has been introduced into the House of Representatives one year into the coronavirus pandemic. Um, we know Biden's position. What would a path to success look like for this bill?
1: I think it would mean continuing to build momentum by pulling more and more support onto the bill and the support of folks like Frank Pallone, right? Frank Pallone is nobody's uh, progressive. He's a 17, 17-term uh, veteran of Congress. And he, the last go-around, right, in the, in the last Congress, he did not support Medicare for all. In fact, he blocked hearings in, uh, as chair of the powerful Energy and Commerce uh, Committee. And this time around, he's not only a supporter, he's promised hearings. And that's a big deal. And so we have to continue to build the -the on-the-ground momentum that moves the Frank Pallones of Congress towards support. It also means that we take on the power of corporations and we show the ways that they have manipulated this conversation, this narrative, the political reality in their favor. And even for folks who do support Medicare for All, at this point, it should come with a trade-off, right? You can't continue to take money from the very corporations whose existence relies on us not having Medicare for All, and say to your voters with a straight face that you're supporting Medicare for All. So it's both of those things. We need more support and less power uh, to the corporations who uh, have dominated the system as it stands. And all of that is founded on people like you and me. It's people like you and me deciding that we are going to become organizers. And I don't mean that with a capital O. You don't have to go and work with you know, an organization dedicated to Medicare for All. If you do, that's great. I hope you will, right? You know, all kinds of great ones, whether it's the Nurses Union or Public Citizen or Social Security Works or the Center for Popular Democracy or, Public Citi- or um, some of the progressive organizations, um, People's Action, uh, namely. But it also just means becoming an organizer with a lowercase o, right? Deciding that you're going to you know, have this conversation with your loved ones and your friends and the people that you work with and um, help them to find themselves in this discussion. One of the things that we wanted to do with this book was to help people find themselves in the healthcare debate, right? It, it sometimes ha- feels like your healthcare experience is here and then everyone else's experience of healthcare is there. And then somewhere else is this broken healthcare system. But really, they're all one thing, right? The broken healthcare system every day takes a cut out of your life. And what we wanted was to uh, rub down some of that opacity, right? Make it a little bit more transparent, let some sunshine in. So folks can find themselves in this discussion and say, ah, I know why I pay so much in a premium. I understand why they're trying to charge me a deductible. I get why they're trying to deny me healthcare. And it has everything to do with the fact that that hospital's closing down in that town. This hospital's consolidating in this town. And that pharmaceutical organization over there is trying to get me to buy their prescription drug I probably don't need. All of those things are related. And our hope with this book was to, to show how.
0: Mm, great. I'm curious what kind of feedback you've gotten so far from the book.
1: Well, I'm grateful that um, that the feedback has generally been good. F- people feel like, you know, our goal was we did not want to have an esoteric academic conversation. We wanted this to really be a citizen's guide. And I think that from the feedback that we've gotten, uh, that this has been a helpful book. The, the feedback that I um, enjoy getting the most is when folks will, will reach out to me in the way that you can during a pandemic and say, you know, I did not support Medicare for All until I read this book. And it's helped me to see what's broken and how we fix it and why medicare for all is so much better a solution to all of our problems than the tinkering around the edges that i'm told that we need to do and and that's really gratifying it's because that's what it's going to take you know that person who's not you know a political activist is now having these conversations with their loved ones in ways that are getting them to think differently and getting them to see the world how it is right getting them to break down some of the the barriers that the system has erected to allow itself to continue to work like this in the dark. And so I'm really grateful that, that folks are picking it up and they're sharing it and they're engaging with it. And, and, and it's not just the usual suspects.
0: Right. So you and your co-author, is it Dr. Um, Micah Johnson, mm-hmm. did extensive research for this book, interviewing lots of experts. I'm curious if there was anything that most surprised you in your research and in talking to either experts or citizens you know, a lot of the
1: people who come out of the Clinton and then Obama healthcare fights carry a lot of PTSD from that experience. And it shapes so much the level of imagination that people are willing to have with what's possible, right? And, you know, they reached the conclusion that they tried incremental reform and got major pushback. Hence, the serious reform like Medicare for all is just impossible. And my argument is that they just didn't go far enough, right? Because What they didn't have on their side was a massive movement of people inspired by an idea. Because I'll be honest with you, right? The the notion of a health insurance exchange is just not a very inspiring thing, right? The notion of universal health coverage that's with you no matter what happens to you in your life, that is. And what happened is in being incremental, they got all the pushback and none of the benefit. And my argument is that instead of going too far, they didn't go far enough, and and that really was a big takeaway from the the, the research that we did uh, from this book. Now, you know that sounds crazy, especially to a lot of the folks who live inside the Beltway and you know think they know everything that there is to know about healthcare, but they don't live out in communities like Michigan or Florida or you know you name the place where um, you've got everyday people who are suffering the consequence. Uh, of a lack of imagination and lack of, of, of political courage um, to go all the way, because those few folks would join the fight if we gave them something to fight for.
0: Mm, great. Was there anything you'd like to mention about your book, uh, Medicare for All, A Citizen's Guide, or about the Medicare for All fight?
1: Yes. Um, I hope that you'll pick up the book. Um, you know, Micah and I put a lot of effort into it, and uh, we hope that it's, it's a useful tool. Um, and it's not just for folks who believe in Medicare for All. It's for folks who are skeptical. And you know, even if you come out disagreeing, uh, hopefully your disagreements will be that much more based in, in, in evidence. And the, the, the second piece is that this fight matters for everyone. It is every single person who's got a body. Which you know, I went to med school. Everybody has a body. You are part of this fight, whether you like it or not, whether you choose to be be a part of it or not, because there's someone out there monetizing your illness or the potential for your illness. Uh, in ways that probably don't benefit you. And so I hope that you'll become a part of it, whether that's joining one of the organizations I talked about earlier, deciding that you're going to uh, make phone calls or send text messages or or knock on doors, or it's just deciding that you're going to be one of those organizers with a lowercase O, who's having these conversations with the people that you love and care about. This is your fight too. And and my hope is that you find yourself uh, in it. Thank
0: you, Dr. El-Sayed. Find more Code Whack episodes on ProgressiveVoices.com and on the PV app. You can also subscribe to Code Whack wherever you find your podcasts. This podcast is powered by Heal California, uplifting the voices of those fighting for healthcare reform around the country. I'm Brenda Gazar.